one's mind will naturally be absorbed in thought of the Lord and His form. There is no distinction between the form of the Lord and the Lord Himself. Therefore, Bhakti Yoga is the most easy method of yoga. Yogis try to concentrate their minds upon the form of the super soul, Vishnu, within the heart. But the same objective is easily achieved when one's mind is absorbed in the deity worship in the temple. In every temple there is a transcendental form of the Lord and one may easily think of this form. By seeing the Lord during Aarti, by offering Boga and by constantly <coughs> thinking of the form of the deity, one becomes a first class yogi. This is the best process of yoga as confirmed by the Supreme Personality of Godhead in Bhagavad Gita 6.47. Yoginamati sarvesham mantatenatatmana shraddhavan bhajate yomam same yuktatamomatatam All the yogis, he who always abides in me with great faith, worshipping me in transcendental loving service, is the most intimately united with me in yoga and is the highest of all. The first class yogi is he who controls his senses and detaches himself from material activities by always thinking of the form of the Lord. Prabhupada is emphasizing 
taking the determination of the jamila after the given the second chance how one has to follow this same determination in one's devotional service then the power of the holy name has been brought out in this entire episode of adamila the power of association of the devotees given a short momentary association what it does now in the previous verse proper prince about and encourages the by highlighting the advantages of staying in a temple and he uses this opportunity to present the culture <coughs> of going to holy places then staying in those holy places staying in temples and perfecting oneself in the red part of their life which is the uh, one was a stage as described in the varnashrama so here in this verse today despite the section being the glory of the holy name the importance of daily worship is being brought up and significance of performing daily worship the effect of it and how one who is materially conditioned should take advantage of this daily worship to come out of this material conditioning and engage in the lord's service so to begin i thought of um, taking the uh, sequence of steps which proper described in the 15th chapter 28 words about how the follow sequence begins there is a follow sequence described in chapter 2 as well the lord krishna himself proper more emphatically described that in the 15th chapter the 15th chapter begins with the emphasis on detachment that being the solution which is presented initially proper later on describe the sequence of steps the <clears throat> living entity first has a general distractedness or tendency towards lording over material nature so that's the first step that's being described then the crucial next step is that the living entity gives up the lord's service now once you are out of the protection in the form of the lord's service you have given up the tendency to serve the lord which is your natural propensity then you are going to increase your propensity to lord over material nature further that's the next step you give up the lord's service then the illusory energy is going to attract you further and because you are showing that inclination and that propensity that increases further now here is where it gets more specific rather than a general distraction to enjoy material nature becomes very specific that i will enjoy through a particular medium through a particular form 
Then finally, Prabhupada describes, you are so attached to the matter and the pleasure that you derive from matter and you want to possess more and more of material things. This has gone very specific and very specific possession of matter which you think will um, give you happiness. Now applying this on a jamila, a person from a biased background who is um, from a good birth, Brahminical background, very high birth, still that enjoyment potentially was there, but not fully, the heart was not fully pure. Then he sees the uh, scene of a Shudra embracing Shudrani. Now here is where the enjoyment potentially, so he is giving up the service to the Lord. He went to collect paraphernalia to assist his parents. So that he gives up and he contemplates on the form which is attractive to the um, eyes. And the act which is forbidden in public, he sees two uh, persons engaging in that act of embracing and then the services to the Lord is given up and then he starts meditating on that. It is getting more specific. So propensity to a gentle desire becomes more specific that I will enjoy through this particular form. Then as we know, um, because the service of the Lord is given up, there is no more protection for you. And the only attraction is towards matter. And then now it is more specifically directed towards this living entity. And by that company, I'll be happy. So that's when it becomes more specific. And then you increase your propensity to law over material nature. And then to fulfill that one desire, then you're attached to possession of matter. So that's how Janula had to give up his service, his uh, parents, his loyal wife, then get into the company of the prostitute and then we know the whole story. So, a general desire, giving up of the Lord's service and very specific desire or propensity to enjoy over matter and then you are attached to possessing matter and Enjoying that. <coughs> so, this fall down sequence, <coughs> even though described by Prabhupada towards the end, he um, gives the solution that Lord Krishna has stated in the beginning of the chapter, which is Asanda Shastrena Ridena Chitva. <coughs> that Krishna encourages, urges and 
he expects the living entity to get out of this entanglement through the sword of detachment. Now the sword is given to the living entity by Lord Krishna for the strength to lift the sword and to actually cut that strength is given by Lord Balaram in the form of spiritual master. Now in Ajamila's case, his spiritual master, masters have been Vishnu Dudas through their discussion of the potency of the holy name and that is elevating him. That moment's association with um, the exalted Vaishnavas who are represented with the Lord Himself, just as we say Bhagavatam and Sukhamkar Amritasrivasamitam. The holy name, that potency is being heard through the mouth of the Vishnu Dudas who are living in that culture of chant, constantly chanting, glorifying, seeing and worshipping the Lord. So when you hear from uh, realized souls who are living that lifestyle, then it has got immense potency. And that acts as like a sword and that helps Jamila to get out of the um, attachment that is being there in the heart, the hard mouth. So in that section, the next verse itself, um, we talk about how the hard mouth is getting cut by association of the devotees. In Ajahnila's case, it's happening through uh, the association of the Vishnu Dudas. And just as there is a foregone sequence described in the 15th chapter, 16th chapter, 21 and 22 talks about how a living entity can rise from the fallen state. One has to escape the gates of lust, anger and greed. In Ajahnila's case, the, the hard knot is cut and he is giving up his lust, anger and greed through the association. So, First step is he is escaping those three gates. Dwaram, Nashanam, Kharthana. <coughs> Kamas, Krodha, Tathalova, Tasman, Ketar, Trayanthi, He has gone up to the verge of entering hell. Yeah, in Ajamila's case, he has gone up to the verge of entering hell through the agency of the Yamadurgas. And they have listed all the sins that he has committed and he is about to be taken to hell. But uh, something extraordinary happened. Helpless falling out of the Lord's name neutralized all the uh, sins that he had committed and the association of the Vishnu Buddha's elevated him further. Now he comes back to his senses and uh, that is laid down in the Vedas, he remembers and what he has to do, he is doing it now. He um, leaves the company of the prostitute and his family. So then he goes to Haridwar. That particular age that he is in, probably in his 80s, 
Even though this section describes the glories of the holy name, it's interesting to note that in this particular purport, Prabhupada emphasizes on um, engaging in daily worship. This word Bhagavad Dhamni is being translated as in the form of the Lord. He's situated in a holy place, he's chanting the holy name, and he's also worshipping the holy form of the Lord, and his mind is now meditating on the thought of the Lord. More specific details are not given, but I am assuming that Haridwar is a really form of the Lord, holy place. Some of you might have gone to Haridwar, I'm not sure. What's the name of the lady? Do you know? Okay, but some daily form is there yeah. of the Lord. Is, yeah. is it Lord Narayan or? No, no, Radha Krishna only. Yeah, so, but they, they worship different standards they have. They both say Lord That's right. This is one of Shiva, do you want to help Yeah, yeah, I So, some form of <coughs> deity is there and being worshipped. And he is participating in the worship and he is focusing his mind on the form of the Lord. Now that coming back to the point on that which distracted you, the material form can be overcome by Detaching yourself from that and focusing on the fully transcendental spiritual form of the Lord. That was my um, point on uh, that which binds you um, when therapeutically applied can deliver some of the uh, example Prabhupada gives from the Bhagavatam is that um, the diarrhea which is created by milk can be fixed by another milk product which is curd or yogurt. So, um, material form binds you, then you cut, cut the sword of detachment. That alone will not help you enter the God's abode. You have to have a positive engagement positive uh, devotional service for that. Bhajate is used for bhaja means there must be bhakta, bhagavan and bhakti. So bhagavan appears in, in the form of the holy place, holy name and here more specifically the Atsavidraha. That's why in the bracket Prabhupada is not idol worship. Now, some guidelines are also given about how to see the form of the Lord starting from the so to speak and gradually progressing um, upward. So, I came across this um, article from Islam Desiree, which I thought was very relevant, about how the chanting of the Holy Name and worshipping the deity, they fit together and they are like two parallel tracks. So one main question <coughs> um, and quote Shastra and quote Bhagavatam also 
to say that holy name alone is sufficient, then why do we have to worship the deity? So, Prabhupada puts it in a nice way that um, deity worship and chanting the holy name go on in parallel tracks. So, just as for a train to move there, you need two tracks. These two parts, they work as parallels. These two tracks, vidis, require to walk safely on the spiritual path. So, one is the Raghu Marga, which is the part of Shavanam, Kirtanam, hearing, chanting, and the other is the Vidhi Marga, which is the Pancharatrika. So that's where the uh, daily worship comes in picture. And many devotees in the congregation are already exalted by having daily their home worshipping and they know the rules um, of such worship. Now the significance is being brought out here. The way Prabhupada introduced this in the West is initially he gave the holy name, the holy books and the holy prasad to get the devotees to come to the level of human beings then following the um, rules and regulations gradually and when they are mature enough then he introduced the concept of deity worship. So this is from 1, 12, 13, 14. The Panchalatika system acts on the Sudra class of men, supposedly the population of the Kaliuga. And it is a prescribed purification process suitable to the age and time. Such a purification process is allowed only for spiritual upliftment and not for any other purpose. So why the daily worship, the installation of the deities, having a temple. Because following the Goswami's Prabhupada also sat under a tree and started to preach. He said no one would want to come and listen. But if uh, deities are installed and you have elaborate worship and a nicely maintained temple, people would be interested to come, see the uh, deities and thereby hear the spiritual knowledge which is being um, propagated in the spiritual um, um, centers or they are like the embassies of the spiritual world in the temples are supposed to be the embassies of the spiritual world and when people come they will also get a chance to hear now the advantage of a person who is worshipping the deity here has been brought out in this particular purport is that you are constantly thinking on the form of the Lord. Okay, I have to cook for the deity, what time is it? At this particular time, what do the deities have? And accordingly you start cooking. Then if you have to dress the deities, okay, what time of the day is it? And then accordingly the garlands have to match, accordingly the ornaments have to match. Now the form of the Lord is constantly in your mind and all your thoughts, your actions, all of that is directed towards the uh, service, towards rendering service to the Lord. And by this what happens? Detachment from matter automatically happens and because you are focusing on 
body, mind and words in the service of the Lord one naturally comes out of the bodily consciousness. As described in previous purpose, coming out of the bodily consciousness is a very crucial step. And that happens when one worships the deity. So from 4A52 Prabhupada says the Archana Marga or the devotional path prescribed in the Pancharatra system of devotional service of worshiping the deity in the temple makes the devotee think constantly of the Lord. That is samadhi or trance. One who practices in this way cannot deviate from the service of the Lord and that makes him perfect in the mission of human life. So this Pancharatra system is given to us by, at least for within um, this one we follow the Narada Pancharatra, which is given to us by Naraguni to facilitate, to give us the rules and regulations, the do's and the don'ts in worshipping the deity. And to elaborate further on this, uh, Prabhupada in his Shaitan Charitamrita, Mantilida 15.108 purport talks about um, this point about balancing uh, chanting and hearing versus daily worship. The Bhagavatam enjoins that even without practicing daily worship, one can achieve the complete success of human life by any of the other devotional processes such as simply offering. So we have the list of processes here under Shavanam, Kirtanam, Vishnu Smaranam, which is chanting, hearing, remembering, and one of them is daily worship. Bhagavatam um, says that one can achieve perfection. Here then comes the uh, catch. In Kaliva, Lot of them, most of them are in body and consciousness. So that's why the next statement is that. Nonetheless, Vaishnavas following the path of Sri Narada and his successors endeavor to establish a personal relationship with the Lord. And this involves many steps. So first is you get initiated. You receive the grace of a qualified spiritual master in the tradition. And then you take the next step of approaching the deity as a representative of that spiritual master. So in this way you engage in daily worship. So Prabhupada continues, although daily worship is not essential, the material conditioning of most candidates, the material conditioning of most candidates for devotional service requires that they engage in this activity. When we consider their bodily and mental conditions, we find that the character of such candidates is impure and their minds are agitated. Therefore, to rectify this material conditioning, the great sage Narada and others have at different times recommended various kinds of regulations for deity worship. So now we clearly understand the goal of perfection can be achieved only by chanting and hearing as Bhagavatam says. But I am conditioned, I am materially attached, my mind is agitated to um, 
engage myself in pure chanting at the level of Shila Haridas Thakur and other exalted devotees and attain perfection is not possible. Therefore, by the mercy of Narayani and for us through the mercy of Shila Prabhupada, we have a system of worshipping the deities which helps us to purify the mind, to help us to regulate the agitated mind and to see the form of the Lord which helps the conditioned soul to which is used to seeing material forms when uh, the same conditioning when it is turned towards seeing the form of the Lord which is spiritual then as in the case of Ajamila that same propensity is getting purified because what he saw a form um, engaging in embracing another form and then he meditated on that further and further and then he degraded from his position. Now the same propensity is applied. You meditate on the form of the Lord, see how the Lord is decorated, then you start meditating. Then you want to engage in his service, so then various his all his memories will come back. When he was going to collect Karakanaya to do worship. And that's where all of this happened. All of that memories come back, so then he raises himself to the spiritual standard, his um, conditioning is removed, his agitated mind is now pacified, thereby enabling him to uh, get out of the material conditioning mind, focus on the form of the Lord. Yeah, there is a further quote which talks about uh, the more one is free from material identification, the more one can realize that the spirit soul is qualitatively as good as the supreme soul. So having established the need for both um, chanting and daily worship, what exactly are the steps involved in the Pancharatra? Is uh, taken from His Holiness Bhakti Vidhipurna Swami's uh, lecture or seminar on this. In Pancharatra, there are um, elaborate steps, but in general, it can be put under five steps. So, to begin worship, you need to have some preliminary activities. So, you purify yourself, you cleanse your body and mind put on clean clothes, you offer obeisances to your spiritual master. So this is like the preliminary activity that we do, putting tilak uh, and those who are given the Gayatri Mantras, we chant the Gayatri Mantras. So this is the preliminary activity, that's the first step. Then the second is, for performing worship, what are the items that we need? So you start collecting, so that's why in the uh, manual, so in the daily worship manuals, there was no soft copy, so it was given the service to start typing them, so then you have the list of items to collect for different types of worship, for Shalinam, a whole set of items to collect. Sometimes devotees collect them and keep them in the cool uh, fridge the night before also, so that next morning they come, it's ready. 
What this means is you start meditating that I'm going to do puja tomorrow, which means your meditation begins the previous evening or the night itself. You start thinking this is what the Lord would want and you starting to collect paraphernalia, items required, the flowers, then this particular set of dress, this particular set of jewelry, all of that. So you start collecting. Sometimes you collect it the day before, sometimes you collect it before the actual worship begins, depending on the length and duration of the worship, it varies. The second step is collecting the required items. The third step is establishing that you are an eternal servant of Krishna, you are not a Brahmana, you are not a Vaishya, you are not a Shatya, you are not a Shudra, you are not a Brahmachari, you are not a Grihastha, you are not a Panakrastha, you are not a Sanyasi, you are Gopi Parakamarayo, Dasa, Dasan, Dasa. This is called the Buddha Suti prayers where you uh, establish, affirm yourself that you are an eternal servant of Krishna and you are a disciple and you are coming in this particular disciple succession and through that spiritual master you are going to offer your worship to the Lord. This is called yoga or linking one's mind with the Supreme Lord. And the fourth step is where you actually do the worship with all the uh, 16 Upacharas. It doesn't end there. Fifth is the most crucial point, which is a personal meditation or cultivation of devotional service such as Shravan and Kirtanam. In the deity worship also the crucial step, the final step is Shravana Kirtana. So this is how the two um, parts work parallelly and they help each other. The mantras are constantly being chanted, holy name of the Lord is constantly being recited, then the worship is happening. So that is why we hear, if you sit close to the um, altar and chant, you hear the devotees reciting, Mantras in their worshiping days, ring the bell, Purushottam um, will be chanted, or Brahma Samhita prayers will be chanted when the um, worship is happening. So, the key point again is worship doesn't mean that you um, don't glorify the Lord while the worship is happening. That is happening fairly. The worship helps us more emphatically to come out of the bodily platform and help us give up the material um, attachments. So these are the five steps which is Abhidhamana which is the preliminary activities, then Upadhanam or collecting the items of worship, then third is the crucial step which is yoga, linking one's mind, fourth is Ija or the actual worship itself, and fifth is the Swadhyaya or the personal meditation or cultivation of devotional service such as Shavan and Kirtana. So this is how these two Archana Vidhi Mark and the Vidhi Mark they uh, help each other and they run in parallel tracks. And in the life of Sri Chaitanya Mahaprabhu and also in the life of the Goswamis, we see this 
nicely demonstrated. Then the glories of the daily reciprocating with uh, the devotees and how personal reciprocation is being exchanged uh, that is being illustrated by Chaitanya Mahaprabhu himself. When he narrates the pastime of Madhavendra Puri, Sripad Madhavendra Puri and his reciprocation with the deities. So this is from Chaitanya Chaitanya Mandirila. Um, the place is Govardhan. Sripad Madhavendra Puri is sleeping and taking rest. Now in the dream, the deity form appears and urges him saying that I am stuck in the ground, come and rescue and take me out. So here is where the personal reciprocation of the Lord is starting. The next morning, Madhavendra Puri goes out and he um, does the excavation, finds the lady. We have to keep him inside. So he excavates the lady from the jungle. Now once the lady is excavated, then we need to start rendering service. So service begins by uh, installing, then doing all sorts of worship. So, lot of people get engaged and with great pomp, the deity is installed and worshipped and all the offerings are happening. Okay. It doesn't end there. Now, further reciprocation begins when uh, Gopal deity again appears in the dream of Madhavendra. Now, he demands further. It's too hot. Now he wants sandalwood space to be applied on his body. So Madhavendra Puri, despite the fact that there is no instant transport like what we have at this particular time, and in the mature age, he, for fulfilling the desire of the deities, he travels to um, Jagannathpuri. From there, he wanted to collect sandalwood and then apply it on his Gopal Lady and please him. So he receives order and then he starts going. So while traveling, on the way, he comes to uh, this village in Bengal called as Remuna. One may think that I am rendering service to one particular deity, only that deity will here we see the same Lord in different daily forms. Madhavendra Puri is coming from um, Govardhan. Daily in Bengal, Gopinath, he knows that my devotee is coming. So therefore, he, the deity, keeps aside, steals a pot of sweet rice, and then Gopinath appears in the dream of the Pujari and then 
asks him to give this pot of sweet rice to Malayanda Puri who is visiting the temple. So, the glory of the devotee is being broadcast by the Lord himself in the form of the deity by stealing a pot of sweet rice. And therefore, the Lord is glorified by his action of serving his deity, uh, his devotee. So, he gets name as Kishore Kobina, one who stole the sweet rice. Now, Madhavi did not want to, um, his name to be known everywhere. So, to keep a low profile, he leaves immediately and he is still focused on service to his deity, Gopa, to collect the sandalwood. So, he collects, comes back, and then again he visits Ramana, seeing the um, Parishrama. The effort of his devotee, again traveling all the way and going up to Govardhan, Gopal Devi appears in his Madhavan Guru's dream and tells him that you apply the sandalwood to Gopinath, I will accept through him. So, in this way, the uh, reciprocation of the deities are also very personal. The Lord takes pleasure in serving the devotee, and the devotee takes pleasure in serving the deity. And that's how in the first chapter of the Gita Prabhupada explains that um, as a transcendental competition between the Lord and his devotees, who is going to serve better? So in this way we see that deity worship is personally established that the Lord is a person, he has got preferences, he is not an idol. And we render, devotees render service to him in that particular mood and accordingly he will reciprocate. So I'll conclude there and see if there are any questions on what we discussed, any comments, anybody wants to ask something.
and this um, adds to the inspiration described as the Uddipan or the inspiration to worship and chant further and further increases. So in this way one uh, aids the one process aids the other. Shravanam Kirtanam is the ultimate uh, perfection for that. If worshipping, seeing the form of the Lord helps and helps it move further, then we take it We don't um, stagnant in uh, one particular uh, way of reciprocating the Lord. It's, it's more of a dynamic way. If you want to add something. Yeah, like uh, the question like she's saying that she's more attracted to deity than chanting this thing. So when so it's, uh, it's important that uh, the deity Today in our lecture we are focusing on meditating on the form of the Lord. By doing devotional service we are constantly thinking the Lord. So the thing is when we hear about Krishna, like for example, like we see the on Sunday evening, Saturday evening, so many people come back. So they just uh, come and see the deities and they offer some milk or fruit or whatever and they go away. But uh, they haven't heard about Krishna. They don't have full picture. Just think, okay, the deity is there. But we devotees in the temple, we are doing Shavanam Kirtanam, we are hearing Bhagavatam, we are reading Bhagavatam, we are discerning the Lord. Then we can appreciate the Lord much, much more than other people who come to the public who come and see the deities. So that's why it's important, very much, very important that first, even though in deity worship, the main thing is, even though we do deity worship, the background of our deity worship should be Shravanam Kirtanam. That should never stop. Like Prabhu was telling, it will contact, uh, they both are, uh, aid each other, no? To become really strong in deity worship, I means uh, to become a good devotee. Shravanam Kirtanam is the basis. That's why Prahlavara says, Shravanam Kirtanam, Vishnu, Svanam, Tavasa. So very, very beginning initially is, that should accompany the deity worship. Otherwise, in then also itself, so many deities, uh, so many, some devotees in temple also, they just do the deity worship and it comes to hearing chanting, they don't really do very much. They, they may be doing in the course of little bit here and there, but the, this is very important. That keeps us fixed. When I have a knowledge about Krishna, like in the chapter also in the beginning, Krishna, Arjuna asked these two questions. That uh, which, which is better, huh? worshipping in personal form or impersonal form is better. But then Krishna says that fix your mind. He says here, those who fix their minds on my personal form and are always engaged in worshipping me with great transcendental faith are considered to be the most perfect. Hmm? So these are some things. And another thing if you know, if it's okay, I can share. In the seventh canto also, like the very first chapter, the, uh, we all know the Supreme Lord is equal to everyone. In that the five ways one can think of Krishna, still, actually the Bhakti definition is we should think of Krishna favorably, like Anya, Vilasha, Krishna, Nyantana, Anukulyana, Krishna, Mashiva. But Krishna is so merciful, even these demons, they think of Krishna immediately or with hatred or like, you know, lusty or, or gopis. So still the Lord is so merciful. So 
itself is so purifying that uh, they are getting like that. Uh, for example, Kamsa, right from the time we heard from the, this uh, Akashwani that the eighth child of Devaki is going to kill him, right from that moment till he died, he was constantly very Krishna conscious. <laughs> very, very Krishna conscious. That's why Narmani says in the chapter also, the absorption of enmity is so absorbed that even I am not like that, you know, but he says some of his enemies. So in that section of Bhagavatam, it is said that how to think of Krishna, how to meditate on the form of Krishna is very important. Ours is personalistic philosophy. So we have to think of the Lord in a personal way. And so this hearing and chanting will enhance our looking the deity more. But other general people who come Saturday, Sunday evening, they just see the Lord, they keep me then, you know, not so much. Devotional contemplation will come when we hear chant. No? So that's why it's important. I don't know whether I made the point or not. Thank you. Thank you. Here, Tantrasana Bhagavatam Kijaya Shabhavarati Chandra.